Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mike Force Podcast. <laughs> we got our stuff together now. Video. I think we're going to drop this video on uh, YouTube. It's a little bit more higher quality. I'm not used to seeing the pores in my face or the wrinkles in my eyes. Um, but you can see this nifty uh, Philcraft Survival shirt that I'm wearing. These are actually really well-made shirts. I'm, I'm proud of these. Uh, John, do you know when these drop? A couple weeks. Yeah, sometime this week. <laughs> Maybe even in time for this podcast. That's amazing. Um, so got a uh, whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I, I first want to cover, because this podcast in part is about resilience, but also mindset and mental health. I want to talk about this Neil Curry situation. Not in the way that you think, but talk about who Neil was as a friend of many people. My experience being involved in the viewing and uh, the funeral procession, the, the ceremony, which is a, as wonderful as a ceremony can get when you lose a friend. Uh, it was respectful. The military was out there. They had like a, a, some guys in uniforms and ceremonial blues that folded the flag over Neil's uh, casket. And it was, it, was, it was a good tribute, a good send off to an amazing man. If you didn't hear it, Neil Curry in my last podcast, I talked about him. Neil Curry passed away uh, at the family statement about his tragic passing due to suicide. A lot of people will be afraid to talk about this, and I get it. But I, I want to go out on a limb and just say, from my perspective, suicide is an important thing to communicate about because a lot of people are going through mental health issues and crisis that aren't commonly advertised because we're proud people, you know, especially men, especially men from the military who grow up in a world where talking about your feelings is not advantageous and evolving in your military career. So in my own issues, which I've been suicidal before, that, that even hurts to say it out loud because it, it's profound weakness seemingly, but the reality, that's my truth. I mean, I've been in the dumps when I transitioned from my military experience through a six-month period of waiting for the government to give me a call to let me know that I had a job. I was sleeping on an air mattress, was not in a good headspace, separated from my wife uh, at the time, and felt really bad. But also a lot of that was chemical imbalances. And then you take that, compound alcohol, uh, drugs, all of these things, Ambien that I was on, it was a recipe for disaster. How I came out on top of that is not a testament to my own fortitude. It's just damn luck. Uh, I, I told this story once before. One of the reasons I was saved is because I decided to go to a yoga class. And um, I went to a hot yoga class that was 90 minutes of me getting my ass beat. And it reminded me of the feeling through chemistry of what it felt like to be a member of the military and suffering and then getting through hardship. And it also, you know, woke me up and pulled me outside of my head because I was definitely in my head looking down and in, not looking up and out. A lot of us go through these type of things. On the surface of social media, Neil is, is a very happy person. I know Neil personally. Uh, Neil was a personal friend of mine. Uh, he helped me through my own difficult challenges, and he was a happy person, a proud father of six beautiful, amazing children, two younger children with his current wife, Casey, and uh, four from his ex-relationship, his past relationship, but so much involved in a life with those children. And it would beg the question, why would a man like Neil with so much to live for take his life? I don't know. 
I am not in Neil's head. I can certainly speculate, but I won't do that out of respect for the family uh, and out of respect for uh, friends of Neil. But here's what I'll tell you in my own experience. It's complicated. It's not as easy as like, he's living his best life and then this is what happened and we're all surprised. You don't know people in their darkest moments because a lot of times it's not advertised. It's in that quiet moment when they go to bed, when they wake up, when there's nobody around, when they hit the bottle, when they hit the drug, that's when it comes out and it pours out. And a lot of people live in conflict that way. One of the reasons I'm telling you this in the first place, because it really broke my heart to see the tragedy of the loss of an important person in so many people's lives, whether it was the father figure in the children's lives, whether it was the spouse uh, in Casey's life, whether it was the friend in our lives, whether it was the business relationship that kind of tied things together, you see a person who's the glue for a lot of people. When that's taken away forever, by the way, you see that gaping hole and it makes you realize in your own circumstance, the priorities. My priority is not social media. I'll tell you that right now. My priority in my life is not social media, but as a matter of my own truth, it's been a priority. Why? Because it drove revenue, which by proxy drove security, drove success. But now my metric of success and how I look at success is very different than me even a year ago. Because success to me used to have to do with the bottom line. It, has to do, it used to have a lot to do with the revenue, the profit margin, all of that crap. And it is crap. A lot of people who are entrepreneurs who make their business and persona and their livelihood based on that will tell you that it's everything. To me, it's nothing. Because if you don't have the health and well-being of yourself first and foremost, your family and the people that you surround yourself with, including your employees, health and wellness in mind, then you have nothing at the end of the day. Because you could have a whole list of material objects, which I certainly have, and I'm sick of. Look, I come from a world that's not materialistic. In the military, you're not really driven by material objects because you live check to check. You certainly don't do it for the money. But then as you start to make money, you start to accumulate more things. So you buy a big house, 6,000 square foot, and you go, oh, I need to fill every room with furniture and fancy things. And then at the end of the day, what's important, sometimes that realization comes from people that you lose in your life. You come back and you go, man, none of this shit is important. The Porsche that's a beautiful car in my driveway is not important. The cool guns, the gun room, all the crap is not important. What's more important is family, memories, experiences, friends. Those interactions are important. Uh, and sometimes it takes you to realize how important that is by losing everything. But I don't want you to lose everything. A lot of these events in my personal life, I ask the question, why? Why is Neil gone? Why is a man that I highly respect, that I look to as a fathering mentor of how I should father my own kids, why is he gone? Why would he take his own life? And there's a whole bunch of mystery that shrouds that question. But here's what I could answer. The gap that's missing in my life with Neil Curry and so many other people's lives of Neil Curry being gone, I could take that and lose myself. I mean, part of me is like lost. But I also know if I take it as a lesson learned, 
of how I need to reset and recalibrate my life, then it could change my future forever. Certainly, I was even now asking the question, if it's him, couldn't it be me? If I think, you know, Neil has his stuff together, which he does, he does, then what made him slip? Could that be in me? And that insecurity is a question that lingers in me and, and scares the shit out of me. But I also know that consciously with the air that I breathe, I can make decisions right here, right now that are going to improve my life, the lives of my family and the lives of my friends and employees at my company immediately. One of the things that I'm doing right out the gate, which you already seen it, is I'm spending less time on social media. I'll always do long form engaging content. Me and John, head of media for Philcraft, were talking about me vlogging for Mike Glover Actual for YouTube. I'll do that. You know why? Because I enjoy taking people along for the ride. I don't enjoy the negative comments. I don't, I don't need to be attacked by people who think I'm pretending to be a tomb guard when I made that my life for three years of my life. But you're not going to get past that. But when I see an algorithm so hell-bent on making people emotional and breaking people's mental health as part of profit and the business plan that is social media, I can't be a part of that. And I won't be a part of it. Not as a, a virtue signal to you, for me. Me getting off of social media has little to do with you and our relationship and you taking my content and then finding value out of it and more to do with me personally stepping away because my own mental health. Like when I pick up my phone and I literally go to Instagram by default as a behavior pattern, when I'm not even trying to go on Instagram, like I'm a program bot running autonomically, that scares the hell out of me. It just scared the hell out of you. I was talking to Clint Trial yesterday at, or the day before yesterday, I can't even remember. It's so convoluted in my mind. It's all a blur at, at Neil Curry's funeral. I was standing outside with uh, a lot of Neil Curry's friends from Black Rifle Coffee. We were all his friends. And Clint said, we're the last generation between the old world and the new. When me and Clint and many of you who listen and watch this podcast grew up, we didn't have social media. We didn't have technology super integrated in our lives. Yeah, sure, we played Nintendo. But if you had money, you played Nintendo. If you didn't, you didn't. I didn't have a lot of money. My dad didn't, I didn't have a Nintendo until late in the game. So I played outside. I broke sticks off of trees and used those as pretend guns because we didn't, couldn't even afford pretend guns. We used our imagination. We learned to interact interpersonally with other people because that was the game we were playing. That was our social media. Now you're born into an iPad and a doctor hands you an iPhone when you're born. And parents, part of their parenting plan is hand the kid the technology and let them immerse into it. I've caught myself doing it guilty as charged where I look over and my little boy is staring at an iPad in a trance and I have to like rip it from his hands because he's so entranced by the media and the content. So our brains are evolving faster, but is it the right kind of pace, the right kind of evolution? And I would agree that it's not. When you see for the first time people in your own tribe, people in your own camp going head to head over social media wars, I mean, there's people whose entire objective when they wake up is to go to war with other people on social media. 
And it's not a virtue war of ideals that are important. It's like my opinion's more important than your opinion. So I'm going to spend this entire day or maybe this week or maybe my entire business plan or persona built around attacking other people. I mean, there have been many members of my own community who have attacked me recently who I used to respect that I'm like, is this who these people are? Or is this people who are just entranced by the social media and what it's activating in their own psyche? So the question would be, is it healthy? I don't think it's healthy. I've been caught in that own dilemma and that own process myself, where I've literally been reactive and attacking people on social media constantly. And at the end of it, what does it feel like for me? It feels horrible. I don't want to be part of that anymore. So I'm not going to be. It's a personal choice. So all the people who are still caught up in that, you could be part of that, or you can make a deliberate choice. My choice and what I'm going to advocate for people to jump on the bandwagon in is being positive, stepping away from social media and start interacting in real time in real life. Now, are there benefits to social media? Certainly there are. You're probably listening to me run my mouth on an app on your phone. So not all social media platforms are bad, but some, their entire business plan, the algorithm that supports it, the employees, including psychologists and behavioralists who look at it, the entire objective is social dysfunction, emotional states to keep you glued to the narrative, to keep you glued to the platform. And I can't be part of that. Um, I also advocate against it. I'll pull you into a long-form conversation like this where we could talk about it, where we could have guests on talking about it in its long form, because that's what we need. Somebody's likely to take what I just said, take a snippet of that, turn it into a meme or something evil, and create this toxic cyclone of doing nothing but destroying ourselves. Like they, People think that it's actually something that's going to be beneficial to promote them, but it's not. Trust me, guys. If you understand basic human psychology and understand basic business and how this works, it's not how it works. Can you name one business plan that's been successful off of causing dysfunction at the tactical level? Zero. The reason these guys are good at it on the platform of the social media aspect is because they're doing it hidden in plain sight because they're capitalizing on the drug that is the platform. So you're like, yeah, Micah. I understand what you're saying. And then you're back to the platform. You're back to the messaging. If that's you, please just take an opportunity to create balance. I'm not going to advocate that you need to get off the platforms because that would be not realistic, right? It's not realistic for me to even expect that, even in my own behavior, because I go to podcast applications and YouTube because I love it for the educational aspect. But I also don't, I've never once in my life thought, to say a negative comment about somebody on their YouTube channel. I didn't even know that's a thing. But people live an entire life, four, eight, 12 hours a day doing that. And you think that's healthy? The reason I make this correlation in this conversation period about this is because I think social media is degrading our mental health across the board. If you're taking pictures of your food outside of educating people in whatever your value proposition is and maybe your business, and you're just doing it to do it, why are you doing it? Instead of enjoying that food and breaking bread with your family and friends. You ever see the person who takes a picture of like their hand on their dead relative's hand 
or they lay their chest. And I'm not making this up like this. I've seen this on social media and I apologize if you're taking offense because this is you, but it's not normal, guys. It's not normal to take a selfie of yourself leaning on your dead relative's chest, pretending like somebody took that picture and then posting about it. That is not normal. An increase in every bad statistic, suicide, drug use, homelessness, crime, poverty, the list goes on is only getting worse. On top of an administration who's not even willing, not even willing for one second to acknowledge that we are in a recession, the worst recession in 40 years, that that's normal. We live in bizarro world because we're not willing to pay attention to the real because everything in our mind of the right and what we perceive as the right is all in talking points on our phone. Jesus. And if we put our cell phones down and we actually lived our lives, are we being affected by the recession? I know I am. I know my business is. I know my employees are. I know I am at the gas pump at the grocery store and everywhere in between. But if you go online and listen to the talking points of the Biden administration and their tweets and all their propaganda, everything you're living is a lie because everything they're saying is the opposite. So again, a big disconnect between reality and what people are propaganding on their message machines on their platforms. So how can you create the balance? Well, I don't know. Stop spending so much time on your damn cell phone. Do more community events with us. We do Responsible Citizen on Wednesday. We're bringing back Go Rigs and Coffee because we want people to interact in person. Like I have this campaign with Evan Hafer coming out with a uh, strategy and a schedule to go out to all these Black Rifle Coffees across the country and talk to people about this exact thing and bringing community together. Uh, fascinating, I said it about in the, in the last podcast about the Land Cruiser Heritage Museum. We did content with Kurt Williams about the museum and all the cool things that the Land Cruisers are, but it's not at the Land Cruiser. The cool thing about the Land Cruiser isn't just the fact that it's a really reliable off-grid bug-out vehicle. It's the community it brings together. Remember when you used to have car shows and car clubs and community watch and church and family and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these interactions? How many of you are doing that now? I don't do it with any of my family. When my grandma died in 2006, it's like the whole family collapsed. And a couple family members every once in a while get that and bring that together. We need to bring that back. If we can't bring it back in our family units because we don't have extended families close to us, let's bring it back in some form in some fashion. The overall resilience of our communities is what's going to save our society. And there's a lead up, man. I got a phone call today. What time is it right now? Yeah. Got a phone call today at one o'clock with a community educator on all of these things that we're talking about. I'm trying to not spill the beans here, but I guess I will a little bit. My dream has always been to make Philcraft Farms. And Philcraft Farms is an independent private community of vetted human beings who are like-minded in values and character and what they want in their lives and self-sustain in your community based on the community center, the agriculture center, and the home education center. So is that a cult? No. People who are scared and in fear of us growing independent would look at it as a cult. I posted, uh, I hate even saying this, so I posted a story this morning of a meme 
that said what you thought rebellion looks like. And it's a whole bunch of protesters burning down things in an urban sprawl. And it says what it actually looks like. And it's two children with their parents teaching them how to homestead and garden. Because that's the truth. In my own tweet, and I, I said this last time, and I hate quoting my own tweets because I feel like a cheese dick saying that. Oh, I tweeted this morning. You should listen to this. In my own <laughs> tweet, I'm doing it anyways, which I can't get away. In my own tweet, which is not loading because probably, I'm probably suppressing a ban on it, I wrote, wow, oh, this is not really loading. Oh, that's interesting. It might be deleted, which I wouldn't be surprised. That's fine. That's just, that's life now. Um, I wrote, the biggest threat to everyone is you not depending on anyone. The biggest threat to everyone is you not depending on anyone. And what I mean by that is, as soon as you start cutting the umbilical cord to reliance on everybody else, including institutions, then the institution, the government, the people, your friends or associates, not your friends, because your friends will always be there, they get scared because they had you. And now they're losing their market. They're losing their base. They're losing their vote. They're losing whatever it is that drives them. And they want that control back. It's one of the reasons I'm flying tomorrow to Andy Frisella's podcast to talk to him about this whole FBI debacle with AmericanContingency.com. We start a group, like-minded human beings who want to take back their communities to help each other in natural man-made catastrophes. Nothing radical, but guess what? The new radical was the new normal. Now it's radical to think, I want a homestead? Yeah, you're a radical. I've had Facebook posts about canning and jarring deleted because Facebook deemed it radical. There was a whole post segment that went viral. That was us because we did content on jarring and canning and Facebook identified it as being radical. I did a hunting post on my Instagram of me showing an elk that I killed and harvested. It got deleted and my account got deleted for a week. If I didn't have an insider that was there to support me in the review process, I would have never got that account back because you're radical. The FBI has designated me as a domestic terror threat because I'm a militia violent extremist organization because I'm assembling people for my cause. I mean, it's asinine. It's asinine. Here's the bottom line. Let me leave you with this before I move on. Let me leave you with this. I was talking to my good buddy, Lucas, who has Grizzly Forge. Forge is some of the most beautiful knives. He just showed me our stamp for Philcraft Survival. My favorite knives, we just had a free-range American piece of knife content come out. Get a little bit of negative feedback because I was talking about knife fighting. I have carried a knife in combat on nine different occasions, carried a folding knife five or six trips to, with the government. I've never used a knife to do defensive or offensive knife fighting. Now, I carried a knife because there have been stories from fifth group, from different circumstances of guys getting in situations where they couldn't get to their secondary. The bad guy closed the distance and they had to get in a, a knife fight. So I'm not saying never. You should certainly know how to use a knife. But I also and I'm a big fan of statistical probabilities. How many guys who do knife fighting tactics and training and pay attention do the same for disaster preparedness or have a fire plan or carry a tourniquet? What I found, because I train this, not knife fighting, but disaster preparedness, that a lot of people like to pay attention to it because it's cool. It certainly is sexy, but who are you, Mike? Well, I'm somebody who used a knife and carried it in combat as a part of my duties and responsibilities and have never used it. Again, not saying you shouldn't, 
but you should understand the knife thing, right? So we're not just throwing out and spitting out information out there. Sorry, I digress. But Phil Kraft's Montana Knife's knife collaboration has been an amazing thing because we do EDC knives with a survival knife. Like it's a knife that's built for both. Kevin Estella, you can talk to him because he's the brainchild with Josh Smith of Montana Knives. But also, Grizzly Forge makes beautiful knives for all applications. I don't even want to use those knives. Um, they're so beautiful. He would hate me for saying that. But it's a knife that I just want to hold and, like, and respect. Anyways, I'm talking to him about knives. And I'm talking to him about social media and how he used knife marketing because it's a product. But people want to know the story. But Lucas has always been vocal about telling the truth and not masking this fake persona. I think I've done a fairly good job at the same, even talking to you openly here and now. One, probably most profoundly, it helps me. Like talking about Neil helps me, but maybe it helps you, which is an added benefit, but it certainly helps me. That's why I like to podcast people who are going through trauma or trying to make sense of things like Chris Van Zandt, Lee Bugsby, all these amazing human beings who have these operational backgrounds, because I want them to understand getting it and saying it out loud out of their heads might give them perspective, especially in communicating with somebody else from that perspective. He's been very good at that. So he sees all the benefits, but he's also seen all the toxic things that come with that because it's a double-edged sword, like many things, right? You got to find the balance. He said he talked to Bert Soren, and Bert's a, a, a circled, in our circle friend who owns Sornex, Sornex Outdoors. They do Winter Strong and Summer Strong, this amazing, optimized health and wellness, resilient thing, which is similar to our resilience course, Resilience Rendezvous. I would say more so we're copying Bert Soren's thing, but ours is focused on resilience. His certainly has resilience aspects, but it's an amazing thing. But Bert is a center. For a lot of people, he's a, a lot of people lean on Bert because he's so grounded, amazing human being. Anyways, talking to Bert, he said he talked to him about mental health and talked to him about social media. And here's the advice that Bert gave to him. Bert said, it's funny, I hear the footsteps of my children upstairs. And that's a great feeling. I hope you're distracted by that noise because that's real. I love that. That's, that's the only noise I'll accept in my life on a podcast. So Bert is talking about from a funeral perspective. He's like, you're at your own funeral. And everybody's, you got everybody's that's there at the funeral. You have the first row. The first row is the people who are close to you. They're the people who matter. They matter the most. The second row are the people who are supporting the first row because they're the family and friends very close to the first row. They're there to support them, not necessarily support you. And everybody in the third row and back, they're just on their cell phone. They don't really matter. What matters most is you're performing for the first row. That's what should matter to you the most. And that is very profound for me and not just a funeral kind of perspective of thinking who's going to be there for you in the end, but who's there for you now? Like who's there and who's your first row? And how much are you paying attention to those? Because those people who are there for you, who you're engaged with in the first row, need to be intimately in your interpersonal relationships and conversations and barbecues and everything world. Because the second row will be there to support them. They'll have their associates. And everybody else is there as a spectator. I'm going to pay more attention to my first row, knowing the second row is going to be there and understanding the third row, if they're interested in spectating, they could do that. 
but I'm here for the first row. That's pretty profound. I just wanted to share uh, that with you as I close out this podcast. It's going to be a shorty. It's going to be on your commute. I'm headed to do a whole bunch of content around vlogging. I'm vlogging now. Here, let me, let me tell you quickly just my strategy behind vlogging. I want to vlog because I want you to see behind the scenes because I see a lot of rad things behind the scenes. Now, I don't want to be the guy who's holding the camera while I'm experiencing rad things, which is why I'll hand it off a lot of, to, the, to the people who are around me. But I experience a lot of things that are beneficial for you. Like I'm loading out the truck that just had Bowen Customs put on this amazing truck bed, which you'll see post about that more because it, it got it finished up. One of my employees is driving it back tonight. I'll have that truck tonight before I go to uh, Andy Frisella's podcast. But when it gets here, I want you to see what it's like to load that thing out. Homestead content, all of this stuff in the background of my life that Patreon members on my Patreon are privy to, I want you to experience some of that. And so I'll be vlogging on my YouTube because you know, the reacts are fun and the, re- the reacts are cool. We'll do those intermittently. But I think the vlogging style, which is one-way communication, which is easy for me to do, easy for my guys to cut, is going to be how to do it. Guys, thanks for tuning in the podcast. Appreciate you. PhilCraftSurvival.com. Big shout out to Black Rifle Coffee for supporting this podcast. And I, I appreciate you. And I hope you guys have a good week. Later, guys. Tip.